3: Sports betting landscape from coast to coast. This is Betting Across America on v the Sports Betting Network.
4: Welcome in. It's Betting Across America on a Saturday morning here in Vegas. He's Wes Reynolds. I'm Jeff Parles. Happy to be with you here on a Saturday morning. Wes, a lot to get to today. Our guy Alex Schiffer is going to be with us in studio for two segments He's had a very entertaining offseason. He covers the Brooklyn Nets Mm -hmm. for the Athletics. A lot lot going on there. Yeah, we'll have a lot to talk about. Stephen Bond is here as well to keep us somewhat in in line throughout this program. Quickly, before we get to the NFL, because this week we saw quarterback movement. We have more potential rumored quarterback movement that we want to get to. But we do have a a, a champion on the women's side in Wimbledon, a 101 shot before the tournament, Elena Rybakina, of Kazakhstan now, uh, even though she resides in Moscow, yes. upsets Ons Jabor. So a big long shot ticket from pre-tournament gets home on the lady Yeah, my 10-1 to
3: 1 on Ons Jabbour uh, goes down in flames today. It looked like, you know, that first set, gosh, it was like, okay, she's on it here. She's focused. And then just poor play just, you know, I think got tight. And sometimes you see that even with the highly seeded player, first time in a in a slam final, you're going to see them get really tight. And that's what happened with Anjubor. So uh, we do have a champion on the women's side, of course, tomorrow. Breakfast at Wimbledon on the men's side at the All-England Club. It is Nick Kyrgios uh, trying to upset the number one seed, Novak Djokovic. Kyrgios about close to $3, Mm -hmm. basically market average, plus $3, minus $4 on Novak Djokovic. Kyrgios, of course, got the unintended by with Nadal uh, bowing out with the, uh, with the abdominal injury. So uh, Nick Kyrgios, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of a break because he needed some rest for his shoulder. So uh, he will go at Novak Djokovic to try to win his first ever grand slam.
4: Kyrgios again, first ever grand slam final, like you said, got through because Nadal's abdominal injury, and uh, it'll be fascinating to watch tomorrow to see the explosive personality of Kyrgios. Against the level hand of Djokovic tomorrow on center court there at Wimbledon, uh, we'll, we'll have a little more Wimbledon talk a little later in the program. But I want to get to this, Wes, because Baker Mayfield gets dealt this week. That's the biggest news in the NFL. Oh, and by the way, don't don't look now. We'll be uh, we'll be nine Sundays away right. from kickoff in Week One tomorrow, which is a very welcome sign. as we're in the uh, after tomorrow in Wimbledon, we're really in the abyss. Uh, other Mm -hmm. than the Open Championship next week at at St. Andrews. Wes, it's really interesting for me to see the betting markets on Carolina, where the win total basically did not change except for Juice. The the, When the division odds shortened a little bit, the NFC odds shortened a little bit. They're not winning the NFC, folks. But I was interested to see in award markets at places that had it. Baker Mayfield really fell in the comeback player of the year. And, and I'll ask you this, for the comeback player of the year, which might be the most difficult handicap of any award period in the NFL, where last year we saw Dak Prescott as high as minus 2,000, mm-hmm. minus 2,500. Joe Burrow has a massive game week 17 and steals that award and wins comeback player of the year over Dak Prescott. Does it make sense for Baker Mayfield to fall almost $5 in that market when we really don't even know what the voters are voting on.
3: Yeah. I uh, Yeah. That's a little much. And look, that's everybody obviously being a prisoner of the moment and reacting to news. And that's what betters tend to do in these type of awards. And yeah, you look at that comeback player of the year, obviously Derrick Henry is going to be the, the obvious favorite for that award. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jameis Winston is going to be a short price. Michael Thomas from the New Orleans saints right there in that division in the NFC South. But Just kind of looking at Carolina, I think Carolina's a little bit more set on defense. The fact that they were the number two total defense. Now, they ranked in the 20s in scoring defense, and that was largely because their offense couldn't move the ball. And that's why they let go of Joe Brady, I believe, after week 12. Of course, Sam Darnold had his struggles. Christian McCaffrey wasn't healthy. So... That's a big drop, because that's assuming, I think, a little bit of McCaffrey's health. Of course. You know, here here with Mayfield. I think Mayfield is an upgrade over Sam Darnold. And I know they're saying, eh, they're going to compete for the job. This is Baker Mayfield's Baker, job to Baker's, lose. There's a reason why it was minus 12 or basically minus 1200 to go ahead and win this starting job. You're not getting this guy, even though it's just a one-year remaining deal. You're not getting this guy not to start.
4: No, I— He's going to start week one. And and again, I'm curious to see how much of last year was Baker's shoulder injury, even though it was the non-throwing shoulder that mm-hmm. that really was the problem. I'm curious to see how much that involves with next year. But now, because of that, there's only one quarterback that really, realistically could be on the move. And that's Jimmy Garoppolo. And that brings us to the 49ers here, where <laughs> Wes they are the hardest team for me to handicap mm-hmm. going into the season because if you're the 49ers and you have Jimmy Garoppolo as your starter week 1 despite the fact that it seems that most people dislike Garoppolo as a quarterback the guy is at at worst a league average starter he was in you're in the NFC title game with him last year you nearly won a super bowl with him 3 years ago sure i look at the 49ers as okay they can win a division still with Jimmy Garoppolo as their quarterback here in 2022 If it's Trey Lance, I look at them completely differently Wes.
3: And keep in mind, this is a new offensive coordinator that is coming in because Mike McDaniel, now the head coach of the dolphins. So new offensive coordinator, Brian Greasy, now the quarterbacks coach there. So things are going to switch. I know Kyle Shanahan still essentially runs the offense and calls the plays, but still, you know, there's gotta be that, that continuity there. And at least you have that with Garoppolo. But if, Garoppolo is going to move, and that's kind of where, you know, maybe some of the rumors are. It's like, okay, assuming they go with Lance, where is he going to go? Seattle obviously has an opening for a quarterback. They're not trading him to Seattle. I think, I think Seattle, Carroll, and John Schneider, and the Brain Trust up there in the Pacific Northwest, they're going to wait to see maybe if the 49ers go ahead and cut Jimmy G. Here, you know, around training camp time or here in just a couple to a few weeks and see if he becomes available, if he takes a discount. So it's like, if Jimmy G is not going to land in San San Francisco, where is he going to land? Could land in Houston? He has that relationship with Nick Casario, who is the uh, director of player personnel when he was drafted by the New England Patriots. So that kind of makes sense if they're not totally committed to Davis Mills, but Yeah, Jimmy G's kind of running out of spots here. I don't think he's going to New England to be a mentor for Mac Jones. Keep in mind, this is the last year on his deal. It's at $25 million, so who is going to make the money work? And there were rumors that came out after the Mayfield deal that maybe Cleveland could be be a spot for him. Because Cleveland, I believe, technically – Leads the uh, NFL in terms of cap space. I think it was like forty-eight million dollars in change. So Cleveland can make the money work if they want to get Jimmy Garoppolo on a one-year rental, basically, and think that their window is now and they've got enough talent to really make a deep run.
4: You know, Wes, the interesting thing for the Garoppolo market, Houston. I just don't. I think Houston's committed to. What they're doing right now. I would think so. I mean, it makes
3: sense, at least logically, based on past connections. But, you know, Houston, I think they don't want to give up that draft capital necessarily that they gained in the Watson deal.
4: And I don't think they have a problem with going 3-14 and again. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest thing as well. That's the same thing, too, with
3: Seattle when I was looking. Because they have two first-rounders and two second-rounders next year. So... But that's what made it a mystery to me in the offseason. It's like, why did Carroll and Schneider come back? This seemed like a good time to have, like, an exit and say, look, we won a Super Bowl here. We had a pretty damn successful run. You know, now it's time for a new voice. Now it's time, you know, to rebuild here. So, is Seattle fine standing pad? Because now, all of a sudden, they have a little bit of draft capital that certainly the 49ers, even if they were to trade within the division, would certainly want some of that.
4: Well, and and I'll say this for, for Garoppolo. If you're Cleveland, now that Baker's not on the roster, the bridge was totally burnt anyway, he wasn't going to be back. If you're Cleveland, you can't go into this year where your roster, other than quarterback, assuming Deshaun Watson is suspended for a significant amount of time, which I think is a pretty safe assumption at this point, Wes. Jimmy Garoppolo, on that roster, that's already a run-first offense Mm -hmm. to begin with, very similar to Mm -hmm. what he has in San Francisco – tell me they can't win 11 games with Jimmy Garoppolo as their quarterback. Well, look,
3: we've talked about Cleveland here, you know, as we get to the buildup to the NFL season, we said there's talent on this roster. Oh yeah. They have good, they, they can run the ball. The offensive line is healthy. They have, I think still a very solid receiving core, some young guys like bell and people's Jones that I think are going to be more active roles in the offense. And, and uh, you know, plus the the veterans that you have amongst this bunch. So they're going to be able, you would think, to score with a competent quarterback play. And then I still think a very good defense. You still have a very good pass rush led by Miles Garrett. Uh, you have the kid J.O.K. Owosu Karamoa from Notre Dame, who is in his second year leading the linebacking corps. So there's plenty of talent on this Cleveland roster, and I think they're very well coached by Kevin Stepanski.
4: The one issue that they have is that division, as we know, could be a bear this sure. year. A very difficult division. Yeah, you
3: can invert it. I mean, everybody yeah. can finish first or finish fourth this year. Cincinnati could drop. I don't think Baltimore is. I think Baltimore probably has the least amount of questions. But, you know, Pittsburgh might be better than the market, thinks. So, that's yeah, that's a bear of a division where, I, as I feel like Seattle, the position they're in, even if they got Jimmy G, they're still the fourth best oh, team I, in I, the I, NFC Yes, West.
4: unless if things went really poorly in Arizona – where look, you don't have you don't have New Hopkins for six games. Mm-hmm. You could end up in a scenario where that schedule is pretty difficult. They could end up one and five, and yeah. then all of a sudden things really, really go badly for Arizona very quickly. Uh, the the only other thing on the Niners here, and and we'll we'll flip this over a little bit along with a preview of Seattle coming up in a little bit. The Debo Samuel situation still hasn't fully been resolved yet, mm-hmm. which I just wonder if this thing lingers. And he misses a chunk of camp. It's not like a quarterback missing a chunk of camp, but if you're going in with Trey Lance as your starter, you need him to get reps with his best offensive weapon.
3: Right. And a lot of that has obviously been Debo Samuel, not just the money, but also like, Hey, I don't want to run the ball all the time, but he doesn't have McDaniel there anymore. We'll see if, uh, but, but you don't want to totally dismiss it because he was highly effective in that role. So, uh, yeah, you, you need all hands on deck, I think, for Trey Lance. I mean, the question is, like, is he ready? Probably not. But, you know, that doesn't mean he's not going to be your starting quarterback week one.
4: No, it'll be uh, it'll be fascinating to see what happens the rest of this offseason with the 49ers. We'll go up the coast to Seattle. Look at the Seahawks next here on Betting Across America. This is Betting Across America
0: on
3: vSin, the Sports Betting Network.
4: vSin will be broadcasting from the NBA Summer League now through July 17th. Catch the edge with JVT and Matt Humans. Four o'clock Eastern Time, one Pacific, Monday through Friday from the Summer League. Exciting stuff here for us here at vSin. Special guests yesterday that Chris Mannix on set, exclusive content and live updates throughout shows here on Vsin. So v- follow us for more from the Summer League at Vsin Live on Twitter and also our exclusive YouTube only content at Vsin Live as well if you search us in YouTube. Very exciting. Really awesome setup that we have there at the Thomas and Mack Center in Cox Pavilion this week. Uh, Wes, are you betting Summer League at all?
3: I have not as of yet, are you?
4: I uh so I have had I've had two bets so far. I had an under yesterday that was DOA in the in the first game of the day yesterday for Bulls and Mavericks. A game that went to overtime, very easy loss for me. And then I laid it with your Pacers yesterday. And that was as easy of a win as will yeah, come. So they've got so,
3: a they've got a shot. I think it being a pretty good summer league team. I know uh, JVT was on the air, extolling the virtues of the blue and gold. Uh, <laughs> Ronald Norred, former Butler standout, is the uh, head coach, by the way, of the uh, Pacers summer league team. So look, this is a rebuilding year for that team. Sure uh, you got to take. Maybe they'll get one of those summer league rings. Did you see that? Yes, they the have rings league, for summer the league. summer
4: league ring that might be as big as a regular NBA championship I, I, ring. I, that Very just reminds stuff.
3: me of when uh, my alma mater or Tom Green gave sweet 16 rings. I'm like, what are you doing? We're Indiana. You don't give freaking sweet 16 rings. Wes,
4: I want to put a bow on one last 49er thing before we go to the, the, the Seahawks. And it just is, if you go into the season with Trey Lance as your starter, what is the realistic expectation for you? Because we only saw two starts last year. The first one, they ran the wing T offense against the Cardinals. Mm -hmm. The second one, Lance, was awful in the first half, and they played very well against a bad Texan team. What would be the realistic expectation for you, especially not seeing much of anything from the the second year? What
3: are their season wins right now?
4: The San Francisco 49ers season win total right now.
3: I want to say nine, it's
4: not, and nine, yeah. nine, nine and a half, depending on the book, if it's nine juiced over, if it's nine and a half juiced under.
3: Yeah, I don't know if I like nine and a half with uh, Trey Lance right now as a starter. I just think I need to see more. I don't think that they're going to be some disaster team, that they're going to be five and 12 or anything like that. But you just look at the schedule, especially if you're starting a first year starter four of the first six weeks are on the road right now. They're not all world beater teams. You're opening up in Chicago, who obviously they're doing a little bit of a rebuild. You get Seattle at home who we know, you know, preseason worst team in the division, but then you got to go to Denver, but then you got the defending champion, the Rams coming in. I know Shanahan's had McVay's number, but all of a sudden this is a different Rams team. This team that beat you in the playoffs last year. And this is a team that is the defending Super Bowl champs. Then you go to Carolina, then you go to Atlanta. So it's not the schedule for road games in six spots because there are some winnable games you would think but this is still a guy that has a lot to learn and now it's extending his learning curve the fact that you've got a new offensive passing game coordinator you got a new quarterbacks coach I'm sure a lot of the system is going to remain the same but still there is an adjustment for a young quarterback like that
4: yeah again I I'm going to be this is one of those where you have books offering in season win totals adjusted now. If we see that Lance is either up to the challenge or not up to the challenge, you might be able to get in there, especially if they win a few games early they're not supposed to mm-hmm. uh, because their defense carries them or they have right. a huge run games or they lose a few close games where their defense underachieves early. You're going to have some opportunities potentially in season with the Niners. Let's, not, let's look at the Seahawks, who they have the lowest win total in the division. They are, for the first time in a long time, it's very weird seeing – an, an NFC West odds page. And then all of a sudden a gap between everyone in Seattle, where Seattle isn't a big favorite. Yeah. That's how good they've been over the, over the Russell Wilson era, which is of course over now. Wilson's in Denver, a combination of Geno Smith and drew lock who continually catches strays on social media from legitimate tweeters at this point. Uh, Wes, it, it's just so odd to see a betting profile like this on Seattle because of what they've been, but guess what? A hundred to one to win the Super Bowl, sixty-six to one to win the NFC, twelve to one to win the NFC West, plus four fifty to make the playoffs, and a win total of five and a half. All those numbers are right with the roster they have yeah. because that roster is poor.
3: Yeah, not a lot of talent here on this roster. I think uh, I don't know if it was maybe fool's gold with Seattle because remember. Their playoff hopes officially got eliminated, I believe, the week after Thanksgiving in Washington. But then they did win four of the last six games, and one of those losses was that snowball with Chicago Mm -hmm. in week 16 where it's like that could have been a coin flip. So they could have finished 5-1. So you're thinking, okay, is there something to Seattle for next year? You know, the fact that they didn't mail it in, that they played hard, played all 17 weeks, uh, won a couple games on the road late in the season. But then all of a sudden, you know, Russell Wilson – is now in Denver and not in Seattle anymore. And Russell Wilson, I think, had been asking for help for, for years in terms of especially that offensive line and they just never really followed followed suit on that. So you look at Seattle. That's why I was surprised that Pete Carroll and uh, John Schneider to the GM really came back because it's like this is the perfect time to kind of leave and promote somebody new. Mm-hmm. And it's like what are you coming back for when you, when you look at this roster? There's just not a lot there. I know they still have Lockett and they still have Metcalf, but the running game you know, has has not been great. Even with Russell Wilson, it slipped last year. So the offensive line is still uh, musical chairs up front. And then there's just not that much talent on defense. And, you know, pretty much the leader of the defense, Bobby Wagner, now in Los Angeles trying to chase a ring with the division rival the Rams and I do think that they upgrade, at least with their coaching. Uh, Clint Hurt is going to be the defensive coordinator, so I do like him. I think he'll be a, do a better job than Ken Norton Jr. did last year. So I think in terms of the coaching, they upgraded in that regard. But, yeah, I'm j- there's just not a lot to
4: like with this Seahawks team. No, there's not a lot, a lot to like at all. Of course, DK Metcalf also hasn't reported for any of mm-hmm. the offseason activities that the Seahawks have had. Name that we thought could get dealt, I still lean that they're not going to deal them. I think they, if you're Seattle going into the season, I know that the momentum is towards Geno Smith being your week one starter, Wes. I would start Drew Locke out of the gate. I think you have to. I think you have to because you know what Geno Smith is. Mm -hmm. He is a backup quarterback. He might actually be a good backup quarterback in this league, Mm -hmm. but you need to see if you can have anything. With Drew Locke, if he can be a starter moving forward, or if he just is a second-round pick right. that turns into a backup, exactly like Geno Smith yes, exactly. ended up being.
3: Exactly. So, you know, if you're not going to make a deal, and, and and the only way they would get Jimmy Garoppolo, I think, is if he was cut by the 49 I agree with That's you on that. That's the only way. They're not going to trade him to Seattle, for sure. So, You know, right now, it looks like it is going to be Drew Locke and and or Geno Smith. And I think it should be Drew Locke. I think he still has more upside than Geno Smith, despite what we see on the Twitter machine. And, uh, you know, him catching strays from somebody, you know, that wanted to trash talk tennis. And then the U.S. Open tennis account. Yeah, just eviscerated Drew Locke. Yeah, coming from somebody saying (laughs) this is not a sport that has to watch Drew Locke play quarterback 17 games. I'm like, man, Drew Locke was just minding his own business, trying to kind of get his career on track. He is only 25 years old. So, you know, he does at least have a little bit of youth on his side. There's a lot more potential, I think, with him than Geno Smith. Like you were saying, you know what Geno is. Jacob Eason, by the way, from Washington, the third stringer on that roster. But, yeah, that's what you have to do unless you are going to get somebody. And that's why – I don't know how much of a player this team really was for Mayfield. I'm sure they kicked the tires, but it it, it seemed like for about three or four weeks that this was going to be Carolina where Baker was going to be landing.
4: Yeah, and you know what? For Baker, I actually think he ended up in a better spot. I do too. I, I think he ended up in a better spot, even though, again, McAdoo versus whatever Seattle is attempting to do on offense, two potential uh, options where it could go very sour quickly for Baker. A- and also, too, in a non- in non betting things real quick. Cause there was some news this week on the ownership group in Seattle, because of course the Allen family, Jody Allen is now the prince, the, the yes. lead of that group after the death of Paul Allen, a few years ago, where we had the news of, of, uh, of uh, essentially Nike wanting to buy the Portland trailblazers mm-hmm. with the, with Phil Knight and company. At some point, you imagine the Seahawks are going to be up for sale. And I'm just curious here, Wes, because you brought up the point earlier It made a lot of sense for it to be, all right, John, all right, Pete, unbelievable run. Mm -hmm. It's time to give the keys to someone else. Right. I wonder if the questions at ownership is the reason that That Pete Carroll and John Schneider are still in their positions. No, I
3: think that's a very good point because, look, what we saw with the Denver Broncos, the Bowling Trust wanted to sell that team at least. You know, it's kind of split. Some did want to sell, some didn't, but the ones that won out ended up selling the team that took a couple of years, you oh, know, yeah. that was a, uh, at least a year and a half process to go ahead and sell this team and find the buyers and see what the valuation is and whatnot. So this is going to take a while, even if there is a sale for Seattle's, because I, I think, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. There probably is going to be, but you know, these teams just don't get sold within, you know, three to six months.
4: No, it, it's going to take, <laughs> it's going to take two, three years also may take uh, a couple billion in order to get the Seahawks at this point. Based on what with, uh, Denver, with Denver got, got absolutely. Uh, absolutely, for sure. Speaking of a team that would be very expensive if they ever hit the open market, the Dallas Cowboys, they've had an interesting offseason. They always do. We break them down next on Betting Across America.
0: This is Betting Across America on v Sin, the Sports
4: Betting Network. VEASAN Summer Special is here. It's been here. Take advantage of it because it's only $19. And you get everything Vison has to offer from now through the end of July. Still got another three weeks of July, guys. Got to take advantage of this deal. So you sign up today. You get Vison's daily best bets, including Adam Burke on Major League Baseball, preseason coverage for the NFL, premium articles, including from the, uh, the guy on my right who uh, does a great job always on riding up golf, the UFC, NASCAR, And uh, no longer the USFL, unfortunately, guys. That season is done. If you want the full VEASAN experience, which features a daily best bet email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, the use of our betting tools and a live video stream whenever you want it, just $19 to be a subscriber through the end of July. Sign up now, VEASAN.com slash summer. That is the old MLB trade deadline, and now they just put it whenever they want. It's August second this year. <laughs> I mean, I mean that's basically what it is, Wes. So. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> longer
3: for teams to put packages together for, yeah. especially a lot of these left-handed starters on bad teams. I'm looking at Jose Quintana there in Pittsburgh. Uh, some of those guys going to be on the move. Frankie Montas. There's going to be a lot of like back yeah. end of the starting rotation guys on the move.
4: We will we will discuss that a little bit later. Again, Major League Baseball it's July ninth. Why is your first game starting at two o'clock Eastern time? What are we doing? <laughs> Start your game, have a game at noon, have a game at one, actually go then, full day baseball. And then, then Sunday
3: morning, they do that one at 8.30. Yes,
4: now. Uh, it'll be actually noon tomorrow with the Angels and the Orioles Eastern time. Let's get back in the NFL, though. The, the star, the Dallas Cowboys, the most recognizable brand in the National Football League, just showing that the most recognizable brand doesn't always turn into success on the field, as we know, Wes. But this is an offseason for Dallas where they traded Amari Cooper. It's going to be a lot of pressure on CeeDee Lamb to truly be the number one wide receiver that Dallas has hoped. Uh, Micah Parsons making news earlier in the week, saying that at some point uh, in the rather soon future, Wes, that him and Trayvon Diggs, who of course had a big interception year despite uh, getting toasted every once in a while, that the two of them could turn into a combination that is better than the likes of Donald and Ramsey. It's a uh, Sawyer your roll there, Mike, even though he later on said that he uh, knows they're not there yet. But just looking at Dallas here, Wes, this is a different look team this year. Randy Gregory, of course, is now in Denver. You, if you're the Cowboys, you're still the betting favorite to win the NFC East. But to me, Wes, that gap yeah. has really shrunk between mm-hmm. them and, in Philadelphia. Well,
3: it's strong because number one, what Philadelphia obviously did in yes. the draft and then procuring A.J. Brown and the trade from Tennessee. So, look, they are trying to give J- Jalen Hurts every chance there in Philadelphia to go ahead and be the guy and giving him a lot of support, especially on offense. But I think the gap also closed because of what is this Dallas defense going to be? They have talent, no question about it. Uh, but the fact is they lived on turnovers last year. Trevon Diggs, that was one of the craziest seasons I have ever seen for a player because what he led the league in interceptions, but he got burnt plenty of times. I mean, he is a he is big play. He'll make a big play or he'll give up a big play. So you kind of saw that a little bit, and he's kind of got to be the anchor of this young secondary essentially uh, because you know you have you have Malik Cooker who who is new there. You have Curse and. You know, that's secondary. I think that's where you look at this defense, and it's like, okay, there's some weakness here. You know the linebacking core with Parsons, and especially when he can rush the quarterback, and also Leighton Vander Esch, that that's a pretty good linebacking core. D-Law being back healthy, I think if he can stay healthy all season, certainly that's going to be good for this team. But I just, you know, I I do have some concerns about this defense. And then when you look at the offense, starting out this season – Dak is going to be maybe short receivers depending on when Gallup comes back uh, from, from that ACL. So you've got CD lamb, who is pretty much like your number co-number one receiver with Washington. And then you've got a lot of new pieces there. So I'm not saying I'm concerned about the offense, but I think certainly it's going to be at least a little bit of a work in progress to start the season.
4: It's just losing Cooper. And I know I understand why they had to make that deal, but despite the fact that some go after Cooper for hit or miss production from time to time, Mm -hmm. the guy was a legitimate, Hey, you're reliable for the most part. And now you are in a scenario where I like Michael Gallup when he's healthy, but are we sure that Michael Gallup is a true number two wide receiver in this league? I'm not so certain of that. Same deal with a guy like James Washington, who, was completely unreliable with right. the Steelers. Who they go out and make their number three wide receiver, uh, tight end wise. They they keep Dalton Schultz, which was necessary mm-hmm. uh, for their passing. And I hit. think he'll have a big season. I would I would imagine so. Uh, again, you're kind of in the scenario where the way that con- where where you get tagged like that, you need to have the big deal. Sure. So and again, you look at the, the Dallas schedule. The first two weeks are at home, but you're playing. Yeah. Tampa who to me is the correct favorite to come out of the NFC because of the advantages they have playing in a weak division and the defending AFC champions. Yeah. You get them both at home, but those are two games that are not going to be easy. Then after the two divisional games, you have to go on the road. Wow. What the schedule makers did them? No favors here in week five and six. You're having them the, go to LA and in the following week, go to Philadelphia. It's brutal.
3: The schedule for that first six weeks, that kind of first quadrant that you see there on the graphic is the hardest, I think, part of the schedule because if you not look, even a
4: debate. Yes. If you
3: look at the NFC East as a whole, and by whoever you want to trust, whether it's the league based on last year's win percentage, I prefer to go a little bit deeper than that. Whether you look at like PFF or Warren Sharp or anybody that grades these schedules, the NFC East teams basically in mass are near the bottom in terms of you know more easy schedule certainly than, than difficult. So, and that's really the whole division. And one of the reasons why is because look at the two divisions that they play, they play the NFC North where, you know, Yeah, Green Bay is still kind of by default the favorite, but is Green Bay going to take a dip from last year? And then you have the AFC South, which I think most observers would say likely the weakest division here in the NFL for uh, 2022 at least. So Mm -hmm. the schedule does ease up for Dallas, but coming out of the gate with Tampa Bay and Cincinnati at home and then a Giants team that a lot of people think are going to be maybe sneaky improved. I don't know how much you're going to see it in the wins and loss column, but there's certainly, you know, a case to be made for Brian Dable being an upgrade there at head coach, and the fact that they've added at least a little bit of help on offense for Daniel Jones.
4: You know, the the entire NFC East to me it's just the Commanders. I think are going to be bad because yeah. the quarterback situation's a disaster.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, the, I think I think defense they could be still solid. be okay.
4: Yeah, and then and then I, I kind of agree with you on the Giants. Because that can go one of two ways. Either Jones improves under Dable, mm-hmm. and that is a, like, we, we've seen this in the past, where new coach get to, gets there and they improve automatically. Like, look, I mean, with Nagy in Chicago, I mean yeah. – they in, in, the year two of Trubisky they improved like they, there's no arguing that and, and, and then the it Giants, fell back to back to earth.
3: And will the Giants also be better on defense? I like the hire of Wake yeah. Martindale, Don Martindale as the defensive coordinator. I think you know just because a guy gets let go from a job doesn't necessarily mean he's a bad coach. I still think he's one of the better defensive coordinators in the league. I just think sometimes you run into a spot where it's like okay you've just exhausted your run there. The run just ends a little bit and you know now Martin. Dale gets a chance uh, there in New York to uh, do something with the Giants, with the young defense that I think has some good young talent.
4: And then just circling back to Dallas here, real quick, they should be the betting favorites to win the NFC East. They should be. They're still just, just by default, correct? Yeah, they
3: they have the most I think proven and experienced quarterback, certainly in the division.
4: There's st- they're still the most talented whole right now, and the reason you just said is the main reason. Dak is significantly better than Jalen Hurts, yes. and even though the Eagles, I would argue the Eagles rest of their roster, taking out the quarterbacks, the Eagles roster is actually better. Mm-hmm. But because Dak, we know he's a, a legitimate top ten to top eight quarterback in this league. Jalen Hurts has to show us, and that's the reason Dallas. And again, people bet Dallas; they're a popular public team, as we know. <laughs> Wes plus one twenty feels about right now. 10.5 on the win total, Wes, if that was juiced a little bit less than minus 125, minus yeah. 130, which is out yeah. there, I would look to bet Dallas under their win total.
3: Yeah, I I would, too. I mean, what gives me a little bit of pause and what's probably going to keep me away from doing just that is because of the schedule, because they do have some wins on that schedule when you're playing a lot of those pretty much the entire AFC South and, you know, the NFC North, you should be able to go at least three and one against the NFC North. So, you know, that's a lot of wins. I think they're obviously depending on injuries. Everything can change. You know, if that gets hurt again, then, yeah, the season's going to be a disaster down there in Big D.
4: No, and and also, too, one, one thing I will say, and we can get to this a little later, too. The shelf life of Mike McCarthy is this year. If they miss the playoffs, he's gone.
3: Well, there's all of a sudden a guy in a TV uh, studio here this fall oh. that might just fit in Dallas mm. by the name of Sean
4: Payton. Mm. That's things to ponder there, OS. But for sure on that, and, and, and two, Kellen Moore was a hot commodity this offseason. Maybe you want to keep him around as a head coach. But I actually think Philadelphia has, a, has an advantage at head coach, in a, and it's not a slight one anymore mm-hmm. as well. Red chip and blue chip players in the secondary who look there next betting across America here on visa. This is Betting Across America
3: on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: Bet-M-G-M is pitching baseball fans a chance to swing for the fences. <laughs> I like what they did there. Register using co- code vsen 200 and win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 money line wager on any Major League Baseball game today and either team hits a home run regardless of your bet's outcome. Enjoy baseball like you never have before with BetMGM all season long. So sign up today with the king of sportsbooks. Eligibility restrictions apply. MLB trademark used with permission. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. Wes Reynolds is alongside me, Jeff Parles. Happy to be with you. We're here at the South Point. Wes, you know it's always amazing. Regardless of what time I walk in here, Mm -hmm. unless if it is early in the week, there are always an amazing amount of people in this casino.
3: Always. Well, I mean, when you do bowling tournaments yes. here, apparently 12 <laughs> months a year, there, there's no question about it because uh, this has been packed. We were wondering, okay, when is this big, like bowling thing? I, I don't know the title of it. Sorry to the folks at the South point. I don't know the name of the tournament, but they've had these bowlers here. It seems like for months, I'm like, is this going to get done by the time the rodeo is here? It's like maybe they extend it to the rodeo. And then we know this place in December gets packed.
4: Yes. Yeah, so again, uh, it's it's it, it, it's it's a it's a good sign that there's a lot of people here for uh, yeah for Michael Gunn and company. Uh, the what, what was that Stephen the Las Vegas the apparently it is the Open Championship. the U.S. Bowling
3: Championships. Yeah. What is it the U.S. Bowling Congress or yeah. something? There's a different like. Sanctioning your governing body. Oh, there you it. go.
4: And also, by the way, the uh, two million dollar bingo tournament starts west- the next week. West, did oh, you wow. uh, did you register or no?
3: I have not.
4: Okay, I think uh, I think they're sold out. Of spots. when does
3: the beekeepers convention come back here like last year? <laughs>
4: <I> <laughs> I'm waiting for that. I completely forgot about that. <laughs> oh, that's a great question. We'll have to, but we're, we're going to make Stephen Bond do a lot of nonsense work here during the break and figure out the uh, the South Point schedule, but. To get to, uh, to to things that uh, people outside of uh, our little uh, little bubble here in Vegas uh, want to hear about here, Wes. Michael Lombardi, of course, the GM shuffle, uh, GM shuffle uh, here uh, with uh, v and DraftKings uh, weekly. Uh, Femi Bebefe, uh with him on that podcast as well. Even though uh, this week uh, our guy Ben Wilson actually uh, co-hosted in addition with Michael uh, earlier in the week. He's been doing his red chip and blue chip players. Mm-hmm. So his uh, elite players at specific uh, groups of positions. And now we're, we're, in, the, uh, we're in the secondary here. We're, we're with corners here. And Michael's red chips that he unveiled earlier in the week. A.J. Terrell of the Falcons. Xavier Howard of the Dolphins. Trayvon Diggs of the Cowboys. Jair Alexander of the Pack. And then uh, Patrick Sertan II. Uh, here, the five red chippers. Of course, there are blue chippers as well that uh, you'll you'll actually we'll, you'll be talking about tomorrow here on the program. You know, it's interesting with the, with this list of players, and for me, I, I would, uh, when we see Michael's blue chip list, we'll be able to tell. But if Jairi Alexander was healthy all last year, mm-hmm. I really have a feeling that he's a guy that should be considered a top. Three corner in this league when healthy. The question with him is can the guy play a whole 17 games?
3: Right. And and the fact that obviously when he was there, they didn't really throw a lot in at his way. So you Correct. don't always see like the superlative stats because they always kind of attack Kevin Knox on the other side uh, uh when he was there in Green Bay. So I don't necessarily disagree. I, I certainly agree with uh Terrell and uh and Howard being on that list. Diggs is a little hit or miss because Manny makes big plays, but he gets burned. I, if it just put the tape of the Denver game on last year when <laughs> Tim Patrick absolutely made him look foolish over and over again. Remember when Dallas or Denver was like a double-digit underdog. Uh, to Dallas. And I think they got up like 30 to nothing.
4: That was our, best, that was, was our, that was our best contest win of the year. You and of, I didn't, yeah, you and I, one, I didn't sweat that, that, that at was all.
3: Our game of the year <laughs> in the contest, never, never a doubt at all. But uh, yeah, you look, I, I agree pretty much with most of the list. I mean, there's a couple guys though, a little bit conspicuous by their absence that I think people would point out and say, okay, where's Jalen Ramsey. Now, look, Jalen Ramsey didn't have the best Super Bowl, obviously, on the biggest stage of the year. But if you read all the PFF grades, you know, they pretty much love Jalen Ramsey, and he was like top either one, two, or three pretty much all the season. So there was a guy maybe you can consider uh, Marshawn Lattimore in New Orleans, Ronald Darby in Denver. So I don't necessarily disagree. The Diggs thing, he could be a red chip, but he could be, you know, really boomer bust as well.
4: Yeah, and, you know, the, the, the other guys on this list, uh I I was a little surprised to see Sertan the second on this list, but I understand it because again the ceiling for this kid. Part
3: of it is the scheme too yes. in Denver.
4: Yes. I, I he I, I'm curious with the new coaching staff how he's gonna progress in year two. And then look, AJ Terrell is a guy who's going to be forgotten about by the general NFL fan because he's going to be on a horrible team. And and
3: Xavier Howard, by the way, you know, who they gave a lot of money to in Miami, he is probably the best when you go into like press coverage. He's probably the best press coverage corner in the league.
4: The guys who were close to being a red chip but didn't quite make it here. I was interested, I interested to look at this where Trey White, who obviously just suffered a significant injury in Buffalo, where when he's been healthy over the last few years to me has been one of the three best corners in the mm-hmm. league. Uh JC Horn, another guy who suffered significant injury yeah. early last yeah. year as well. Uh Darius Slay, uh Awuzie in uh, in, in Cincinnati and then uh, this is the uh this is the guys who have been injured last year because Marcus Peters didn't play mm-hmm. at all last year with an injury as well. Wes, this is one of those where if White and Horn more so than Peters, I think Peters has always been boomer bust and it's now turning into the bust in the later stages of his career for Horn and White if those two guys are healthy those are guys who can play themselves into shutting down one side of the field completely which for Carolina that would obviously help on a t- on a defense that really lost its way once Horn got hurt and for Buffalo we saw in the playoffs they missed them they missed Trey White in that Kansas City game
3: yeah they they absolutely did but uh going to Carolina really quick about Horn You know, we were talking just briefly about the Mayfield deal in Carolina and talking about how good this defense was. They were second in yards, but they were, like, in the mid-20s in scoring simply because they got put in jail and in bad situations because of the offense and turning the ball over, but – that Carolina defense, including JC Horn, I believe has five first round draft picks on that defense, including another corner in CJ Henderson, who obviously got traded out of Jacksonville. He got to get out of jail free card early from the, <laughs> the urban Meyer regime. So, you know, maybe there's potential because you're playing on the opposite side of another first round talent. So it's not like, okay, who's the weak spot here? Assuming Horn comes back healthy. And then you add Bern, Brian Burns, Derek Brown, uh, the kid uh, Shaka uh, Thompson, Thompson, at linebacker. Yeah. So they've got five first-round picks over the last just couple, few years in Carolina on that defense. So I'm not mad at including Horn, even though he really doesn't have a lot of production necessarily, being that this is his only his second year and he only made it about halfway through the season.
4: Also, oh, Johnny Hecker is Carolina's punter now. I just had to throw that out there. Yes, just have to throw that out there. Just uh, that's going to be one of those.
3: So you're mi- upgrading the special teams power rating.
4: Up, up, up indeed. Yes, uh, even though I don't uh, don't love Zane Gonzalez, but regardless, you know it's it, it's interesting with uh, with Carolina's defense because remember last year at the beginning and Horn got hurt in that Texan game. Mm-hmm. I know the opponents were bad early in the season. It was the Jets and Wilson's first start where they couldn't block for a half. You had New Orleans where Jameis was learning the offense and now it was a mess. And then it was Houston. It's going to be interesting to see if they can recapture what they had while Horn was healthy last year playing the mediocre opponents. And, of course, as we talked about Carolina earlier in the show, their first four weeks are all winnable games, Wes. So it might be a very similar situation where horn gets his healthy he's back carolina gets out to this great start because they take advantage of a weaker schedule and with a defense that has their number one cornerback
3: yeah no no question about it so uh you know that's going to that's why and and look I'm a little bit higher on the saints in the AFC South than I think the market is but mm-hmm. all of a sudden with carolina and it's not necessarily due to baker it's just maybe having a little bit of potential competence at quarterback This defense should be very good yet again. I think that they were kind of undervalued a little bit last year because keep in mind, I think what they start out like five and five and then they lost their last seven games. They lost the two going in the bye week. And then Joe Brady got fired and the injuries just kind of caught up with these guys.
4: No, a hundred percent. And again, that coaching staff is in peril. There's no arguing that if they disappoint this year, Knowing how yeah, Tepper has, has reacted there. David Temper's
3: only, you know, he's still a very new owner with yeah. that team. And, you know, an owner, I think, that's very new is going to be more want to kind of pull the trigger very quickly. Yeah, and also,
4: too, again, the, the Joe Brady situation still doesn't make any sense to me. It was mm-hmm. his fault that Sam Darnold's well, not any good. Well,
3: now he's up in Buffalo getting yeah. to work with Josh Allen. So, uh, you know, a demotion, at least in terms of the money he's getting, but still working with, I think, one of the more highly talented quarterbacks in the league. Yeah,
4: I, I have a feeling Carolina's going to regret that one in the long term. Wes but it will be fascinating to see you'll get the blue chips on this tomorrow for corners from the GM shuffle earlier in the week uh, again go get the GM shuffle wherever you get your podcast Michael Lombardi Femi Abebefe always do a tremendous job with the podcast we're going to Wes's wheelhouse next the Scottish Open it's getting tighter across the pond that's next betting across America